Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure, racing, and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, on a Friday night, like actually getting this done ahead of time, which means something probably really cool will happen over the weekend, and I'll end up redoing the introduction or adding to it or something like that. So <clears throat> anyway, we're getting some spring here. We've got some snow still on the ground, like three feet behind the house where it all slides off the roof, but we're going to have that for a while. Don't want it to melt fast anyway. That causes problems. But we're also having a little rain, so we'll get a little bit of a walkies hike with the dog tonight. This weekend, we'll go find some place tomorrow. It's going to be... Um, a muddy mess, I think, but maybe we can find some place that'll be a little bit drier so I don't have to give her who shall not be named a bath tomorrow night when we get home. Anyway, um, back to Australia for this episode, and we talk about it quite a bit, but definitely make sure you, you check out uh, Nick's maps in the show notes to link to it. They're really cool. And... Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but I'll bet you if you had something special you wanted done, you'd probably uh, figure out a way to do it for you. So anyway, um, that's it. Don't need to listen to me babble any longer. So uh, go fast, take chances, be safe if you're racing in India, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Hello. Nick, is that you? Yeah, that's me. It's Randy. Hi, how you doing? Well, good, but the internet let me down. Ah, did it? So, uh, <laughs> the the program, the the meeting planner program that I use, yeah, yeah. forgot that uh, our time changed, uh-huh. daylight savings time here. <laughs> so, so my bad, but hey, I'm glad you uh, reminded me. Sure. Or I'd be like, uh, I wonder where Nick has it is in in a half hour. So, <laughs> thanks. Um, who are you? Good, good, thanks, yeah, very well. So, good, all right, and tell everybody, tell everybody who you are and why you're famous and just talk for an hour and I'll listen. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough, why I'm famous, eh? I don't know if I'm I'm famous, but, um, so I'm a a Brisbane adventure racer, Uh, I've been doing it for probably, uh, almost seven years now. Um, just sort of got into it um, just from one of the shorter races and then started doing more and more from there and fell in love with it like I suppose everyone else and just wanted to do bigger and better things as much as I could. Yeah. So what was it? You know, did you start out with uh, you know multi sport, or did you did you have an early sport that you were good at? No, like before adventure racing, it was um, basketball when I was really young, and then um, did re taekwondo for probably about four years. Um, and it wasn't until yeah a bit later I was looking for something else, and yeah, I saw did my first adventure race hadn't had any experience mountain biking or anything like that and like that first race went terrible i think it was meant to be like a three-hour race and it took us seven hours um but i was pretty hooked after that to to keep doing it um and then yeah from there it was just okay well i need to get better so i better learn how to navigate first of all because that was my first problem i was terrible at that and then um, yeah, just kept doing more and more and as much as I could until I could, you know, get up to the stage where I was doing sort of expedition races, which was my ultimate goal. Yeah. Mm. So, so how long did it take you from from like uh, doing a seven hour, three hour race to to your first expedition race? Uh, first expedition race was. Um, XBD, um, the world champs in New South Wales, which was 2016. Mm. Um, and I started racing 
in 2012, so four years it took. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of stepped it up in between that to get to that stage. Yeah. So what was this, what's, was the scene like when you started racing, you know, adventure racing and what's it, and uh, what's it like now? Is it growing? You know, did you have good resources? Yeah. Like when I, it's been interesting. So a lot of change in that last sort of seven years. So when I first started in um, 2012 for Queensland in particular, there was a lot of um, short races. A lot of sort of mm-hmm. four to six hour races. You could almost do one a month if you really wanted to, because there was one company that was doing putting on like four short races each year, and then a few others that were doing that. And then a lot of those companies sort of dropped off the radar, um, and it came down to you know, you'd only have three races or so in Queensland that you could do and you started to think, oh, did I have to start travelling interstate to try and do some races? Um, but then, yeah, recently with the Adventure One series, which has come about in the last couple of years, that's really sort of picked up the number of races and the standard of the races that we have. So it's best time to be an adventure racer in Queensland right now because it's you got your pick and they're all of a very good standard as well yeah what um and you, you're probably not the, the person to ask this but what was it that with uh with adventure one coming in why did they why did they start I mean I've heard nothing but good things mm, yeah definitely very good things um I don't know for sure, like Todd, who started it, um, I do know him a little bit, but not particularly well, um, and I think he has like a sort of project management background, um, and he did a few races himself, loved the sport, and I guess he just saw a need of sort of getting some sort of uniformity around the races mm-hmm. and coordination between the different companies um, because that was a bit of a an issue that, you know, dates would clash and um, it wasn't always, yeah, it just wasn't consistent um, yeah. between the races. So he's done, you know, they've done a fantastic job of letting races do their own thing but just, you know, making sure you know you don't put two races on one weekend after the other because obviously one of them's going to probably lose out when there's only like four to choose from in a year. Like they spread them out, sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, <clears throat> I should say, full disclosure, Todd and I have we've tried to uh, hook up to do an episode, and just you know, things things get in the way, so. Mm. He he has an he has an open invitation anytime when we make our schedules work. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> he could probably answer that question better than you do. Yeah, but I uh, but I think you you have an interesting perspective. Yeah, you mm. just you saw why he did it. I think that's that's mm. interesting that the racers know. So, mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So how many how many races a year will you do? Uh, I usually do about between three and five adventure races mm-hmm. um, each year. And then I'll try for a few row games as well because uh, we have a very good sort of row gaming community in Queensland as well. Um, they'll yeah. put on, I think, about seven or, or probably six or seven row games each year. Um, and then if I have any spare time after that, I'll, you know, see what else is out there in terms of mountain bike orienteering, orienteering and nothing like that to sort of fill the weekends as well. Yeah. Do you, is there enough for you with all that going on or, or, or do you once in a while say, man, I wish I had something cool to do this weekend? Uh, no, <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's usually, um, and particularly with, um, but I enjoy going and exploring new places and taking people there as well. Um, yeah. 
so if I don't have anything on, I usually pulling up a map of the local area going, oh, I wonder what's up that creek line. Let's get my team together and see if we can do a, a trip up there this weekend. So, it, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's usually i am got too much on rather than not enough. Yeah, like that. that's a nice problem to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how often are you able to get together with – well, okay, first of all, do you have – a Team, you uh, you know, do you have a core group? Do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. How does so, it work for you guys? Yeah, so my team, which is Off Trail Adventures, which is sort of um, named after my guiding business and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, the four of us have got to the stage where I sort of a bit able to almost handpick them. I approached them uh, about a year ago and said, oh, I want you guys to, to race with me. We're all part of the Tiger Adventure group, which okay. is a, yeah. a, a banner sort of club almost. Um, but the four of us now sort of race exclusively together in first instance, uh, which has worked out really well for us. It becomes a lot less stressful than each race trying to pick and find teammates to, to do the race with. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it's been really good for it. Like, it's we're all local, just around Brisbane, so we get out nearly every other weekend um, to do some training. Um, at the moment, in particular, because we've got a race coming up fairly soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you guys train together, do you do like a? You know, like go out and do a high intensity, or do you spend a day, you know, doing multiple things, or you know, uh, how how does your team training work? Right. Uh, so normally it's either one or two disciplines for between sort of maybe six to eight hours um, for most weekend sessions. Sometimes a little bit shorter, depending on what you know. We all have to fit in, um, you know, with kids or other commitments or whatever so last weekend we did i think six hours up a local sort of creek line scrambling rock hopping and that sort of thing on saturday and then sunday was up in the mountain range mountain biking for another i think six or seven hours um, which was really good we've had a lot of rain here recently so it was all nice and muddy and lots of fun um Tomorrow we're heading down to the Gold Coast. We've got a surf kayaking sort of session, like lesson that we're going to le- learn to surf kayak, which would be fun. And then we'll do a long paddle after that just to get the hours in as well. Yeah, and just just so you don't get too much grief from your teammates, you should probably mention who they are. <laughs> yeah, good point, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got Helen, Derek, and Tamika on my team. Okay. Yeah. And this probably isn't a fair question, but were these kind of your first choices when you were putting your team together? Um. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Okay. Uh, over the years, like I've been racing and training with the Tiger Adventure Group, and they've all been part of that group as well. Yeah. Um. So it was sort of finding people that are similar levels. But more importantly, I think, is just you get along with the have the same sort of mentality and goals. And these guys are all just well and truly on par with what we want to do, and it just makes it everything so easy. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So um, when Trevor's – I mean, Tiger has only really been around for a couple of years, right? I guess mm-hmm. uh, more than that? Yeah, probably maybe five Okay, Four or five longer years than now. I thought. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's, that was kind of the goal, isn't it, to have this whole group of, mm. of racers under the banner and then you guys could all sort of find your teammates. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like it was great for me when I was first starting out because that was half my problem. I burnt through all my friends because they would all do one race <laughs> with me and then never come back. <laughs> and I said, oh, I probably need to find people who actually really want to race, not ones that I just pull along and say, yeah, 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 it'll be fine, it'll be done in 12 hours, and then it's 
24 hours later and they're still complaining and then they don't talk to me and um, so going into Tiger Adventure and Trevor was able to sort of put you with people that are of a similar level when you start training and racing with them and then yeah, you, you find people you, you deal with nicely and then that's that's your team sort of sorted out and then new people come in and they get sort of placed and worked out with people it does make it a lot easier than trying to convince three other people to do a five-day race with you yeah which which was harder convincing people to race with you or if you trying to find somebody if you had to move um <laughs> it was always finding people to race because you just yeah, yeah you, you grab all your friends that are kind of fit they didn't really know what they were getting into um, and then you drag them along for 24 hours. Yeah. So, um, so how many race has there been one race in the series this year or more? Uh, it has been one race so far. Okay. The, um, and you, I didn't do yeah, that one. You, no. Okay. So, um, th- then this, I mean, I, that's a good way to do it. Cause then you, if, when I ask you how good are you, you can say, well, we're, <laughs> this is where we're at. But um, so, how good a team are you? Uh, middle of the pack, definitely. Okay, middle of the pack. And is that? Um, do you think you're going to get better? Um, I think we'll get a little bit better. Um, we've yeah. definitely seen quite good improvements by just consistent training together working together the whole time um Mm. that's making a big difference um so i think if we keep racing together for the next couple of years which seems like a possibility for most for all of us anyway um we'll you know start pushing up the ranks a little bit we're not you know super fast or anything like that but we're experienced enough because we've all got you know five to seven years of experience and quite a few races and we've all done expedition races before that we should be able to push up a little bit more yeah so with the series you have do you end up so maybe like um having like sort of the same teams around you so you get that little you know you get that little competition for eighth through 11th place or something yeah yeah absolutely it's um you tend to like you know you don't see the guys right at the front um, so yeah. they're off in the first five minutes and that's probably about it but you do end up racing against teams of a similar level and you sort of benchmark yourself against them uh, to some extent yeah. so when you look at the the teams coming into the races like when they send out the teams list i do go okay that's kind of where i want to be sitting at the end of this race because i know there's these ones that you know they're the top teams in Australia. Yeah. You know, we're not going to touch them, but I, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be coming in around, I don't know, 10th, 15th, something, whatever the number is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes it nice you have mm. that uh, consistency. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, here's a four-part question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is... Personally, for you, what what what's your strong point and your weak point, and then as a team, what are your what's your strong and and you know and what do you need to work on? Okay, um, strong point for me personally is probably my experience and organizational mm. skills. So when I'm going into race and racing. Um, most of the time, unless I've been pretty slack, we usually run fairly efficiently through the mm. course. I mean, just with the prep beforehand and, you know, we're not missing gear. We're not uh, forgetting stuff because I, I feel like I'm usually fairly onto it just from my general obsession with adventure racing. I, I know what we need and what we need to do. Um, in terms of weakness, I probably find that for me, which is something I'm trying to work on, it's getting into my own head when things go poorly. Mm. So I get into that sort of darker 
spaces. And every time I've been able to pull through it and have my team pull through it, I've never um, pulled out of a race or anything like that. But it is something that I recognise that I definitely, you know, stuff goes wrong and you start to get worried about it. So um, I do like to see if I can push that and work out ways to be more in control and be calmer when stuff doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, in terms of teams, strong point, I'd probably say navigation, which is really good for us because all four yeah. of us can navigate, which is a nice change um, from some teams because I've raced with teams where I'm the only navigator and that can just make it really a bit stressful and a bit tiring as well. Yeah. Um, so it is nice to have a full team of, of navigators to really share the load. And the last few races, I think, have barely touched the map the whole time. I've just gone, you, know, you guys got this. You can take over. I'm, I'm going to take a break and just sit on the bike at the back and chill out yeah. for the next few hours. Well, and I think people, well, I guess, you know, uh, this audience all understands how how much that mental break mm means right yeah just just yeah just to sit there and ride is it's like yeah. anybody could do this yeah yeah exactly this, this is simple now yeah yeah um so yeah that is a really um, nice strength and we're not too protective of the map or anything like that any of one of us because we're, we're quite happy enough to share it around yeah um, which is nice so, that's cool mm -hmm. so um, so when you, you know, you talk about getting down on yourself, is that like if you make a mental mistake, do you beat yourself up and, and, and then have to get over that? Or is it like physically you get tired and it bothers you? No, normally it's a mental, like, a, you know, everyone gets tired, um, yeah. and gets sore and I'm, I can push through with injuries and uh, getting tight or whatever but it's usually when you know you make a massive navigational stuff up or something like that and it's going to take yeah. you an extra few hours um to pull yourself out of that and go right that's all right we'll just keep going it's fine um no big deal or like god's own last year our bike one of our bikes the derailleur completely was stuffed so we had to sort of run the bike for six hours and it was very difficult not to feel yeah. very down in the dumps in that yeah. stage. Um, so, I mean, we did well. We had, you know, my team was fantastic there as well to pull me through. Um, but it was definitely uh, something I realised that oh, I'd probably not as mentally strong there as I'd like to be, I think. Yeah, well, it's a tough part. Mm. Um, so, when you go to that place mm. and, you, and you're feeling, you know, down for lack of a better term, mm. do do you work yourself out of it, or does the team work you out of it? Um, I think the team works me out of it. Mm. Or works each other out of it. If anyone's in that position. Um, yeah. Because I don't necessarily always realise that's what's going on. Um, you know, you just start thinking about all the, you know, that negative spiral about what's going wrong and how we're going to do this and maybe we should be pulling out. And this is all the thoughts going through your head. And yeah. usually it's just the teammate realises something's not right because you're dragging back a bit and you're a bit quieter and they'll just come and talk to you about something completely different. Just, you know, yeah. What's going get your, on? Get, yeah, get your head out of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then something like, oh, okay, that's, I was obviously spiraling there, and yeah, that pulled me out of it, so. Yeah. Which is, and, I, and I'm guessing, you know, from, from what I've seen, that um, having a consistent team mm. makes where you, you know, you, you look at your teammates and you like, oh, yeah. You're feeling good. You're feeling good. You feel like crap. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can yeah. usually tell just from being around them, so um, which can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a team. You know, 
Mm. That's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's a different question. I don't think I've ever asked anybody, but mm. what's the what's the strangest thing you've ever seen or experienced during a race? Um, strangest thing. Probably one of my most memorable things, which was just a bit odd, um, was in XBD. So we were riding, I can't remember which stage it was, but it was the middle of the night. And I came around a corner and it felt like I came across a scene from like a Disney movie because there was wombats, kangaroos, birds, lizards, all just gathered in this section in the, like an opening, a clearing. And then once yeah. I shined the light on, there would have been about six or seven different animals just all hanging around in this one area. And as soon as I shined the light on, light on that area, they just scattered in all different directions. Uh-huh. So most animals were seen in a race and they're all at the one time in the one spot, which I thought was and a it, bit... And- yeah, you really you, you really saw him. You weren't hallucinating. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw him. <laughs> yeah, that's possible too. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I've been telling that story um, that I've seen. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, it, it that doesn't sound like hallucination because usually hallucinations are Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> so, um, okay, here's this is a, a weird question. Mm. Is there an Australian version of Bigfoot? Um. No, I don't think so. I think we have you... <laughs> we have like the Yowie, I think it's called, which is meant to be a bit elusive. I don't know if that actually exists or not. So, well, so it's <laughs> sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, not not exactly Bigfoot. Yeah, and um, since we're on animals, hmm. do you even notice? A kangaroo, if you ride by or run by one? No, not normally. Yeah. But it's not that big of a deal. Although I did one yeah. race, uh, a 24-hour race, and it was com- just coming on dusk. And we are heading up this track, and there would have been, I don't know, 20 kangaroos. And these were, like, the big ones. These were yeah. standing taller than I am, six foot, and massive. And they're just standing right in the middle of the track. And... Kangaroos don't bother you normally, but once I saw them just standing there staring at me, I was like, oh, we might just go around these guys. I don't know, but those ones I noticed before. Yeah, exactly, because they they would kill you if they wanted to, but they probably wouldn't, but I just thought I'm not going to bother walking up to something that's twice my size. Yeah, well, that was one of my favorite moments when I was down there um, mm. for Worlds is I spent like a half hour with one of the French teams. You know, they were mm. taking pictures of them with the kangaroos. Ah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know how I go. And then the next team through was, was a, you know, an Aussie team, and, mm. that, yeah, they didn't even notice yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but, not... I mean, I get it. It's like it's like deer here at home. Right? Yeah, true. There's 20 of them outside my door literally all the time. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't even notice them. Mm. <laughs> so, but, um, uh, well, okay, I'm going to ask my, my traditional question then of your um, best and worst six hours of racing. Best and worst six hours, okay. Yeah. Um, well, worst six hours would probably be God's own last year. So that was, we were doing the pursuit category. We were doing really well. We were probably sitting, this is the final bike leg. So it was this bike and then trek and a short paddle home and that's it. So we had just finished the monster trek leg. So we're like, yeah, we're sweet. We've, we've got this in the bag. And my teammate was just moving his bike sort of out of the way of another team coming up the hill, and he grabbed a stick, and it just went through his derailleur and just mangled it completely. Mm. And we probably spent you know, a couple of hours trying to fix that, and then it didn't work. Couldn't get it into a single speed. It just kept snapping the chain. 
So I was like, okay, everyone's feeling down, and then I'm, I'm just going to run this out of the forest. It's only 20Ks. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, it's only 20K. Exactly. Um, in bike <laughs> shoes, that's fine. Um, and then, yeah, for the, the next six hours running it, and my only goal was let's get it out of the forest during the day, um, and then we still had 70Ks on road. Like I had no idea what we are going to do there, but we'll just get out of the forest and maybe door knock and hopefully someone will give us a bike. Um, so that was probably the worst, but I suppose similarly the yeah. best was once we got out of the forest, all the lead other teams had been passing us, had been telling the local farmers and people watching about this Aussie team that were pushing their bike around the forest. So once we got out of the forest, there was um, two different farmers there and three bikes to choose from. So we ended up getting an upgrade once we got out of the forest to ride to the, the finish, so, which cool. was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But you still rather not have to run the 20K. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my feet <laughs> were bleeding and, you know, it was horrible. <laughs> like a, but the, um, yeah. the joy of seeing a couple of cars there and bikes lined up and we're like, oh, well, this one fits best. We'll, we'll choose this one, thanks. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So can you pick a best best six hours? Uh, best six hours, probably actually World Champs um, XBD for the the castle trek and the Butterwangs trek. So mm-hmm. going up to the top of the castle was just on dusk. Um, and then as we came around and it's like the, I think it's called the Valley of the Gods area from memory. So it's got those massive stone pillars with the sun setting behind it. That was, and we were just on an absolute high there as a team. We were just yeah. firing all cylinders. Um, so yeah, that was really special. Really love that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Mm. Um, so well, and you do pass the test because almost everybody comes up with their worst six hours mm. before their best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I don't know. What that says about all <laughs> about you, so. Mm. But, so, um, and then I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your little business, your your mm. off trail adventures. What's yeah? What's that all about? Yeah, so it started like my the business essentially um, started out as a abseiling, rock climbing, and guiding business in the local area. Um, so I do that I've been doing that for about a year um, which has been working out quite well for me it's only fairly new because I'm still working full time and this is sort of on the side just to make Mm. it a little bit extra money Um, but then yeah most recently it's been adding adventure racing artist maps to that business which you wouldn't think necessarily go together but it's sort of just happened a bit naturally which has been very successful for me which is a bit surprising so now i say that i'm an artist that does a little bit of abseiling on the side opposed to the other <laughs> way around yeah so well and i want to i want to talk about the maps because mm. that's kind of um kind of what um piqued my interest in mm. talking to you mm. so where did well Tell everybody what they are. We'll put a link in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So it was during God's Own last year, as I was, you know, trekking around, I thought, this would be a really cool idea, is if I hand-drew a map of this whole race area and then, you know, in a little red dotted line, drew where we went. Um, You know, I think that would be really cool to hang on my wall at home and show, you know, anyone who would willing to listen this is what i did and see that's mounted around and i climbed over that and you know paddled down this this lake this whatever so i did that and then you know posted it up on facebook or whatever and you know people really liked it um and it was all you know i didn't know how to i wouldn't call myself an artist by any means it was just you know just the concept of you know overlaying it over a topographical map to get you know, the river's in the right spots and the, the lake's in the right spots and that sort of thing, and then sort of 
drawing in the mountains and making it a bit more dramatic and exciting. Yeah. Um, and then another race director contacted me and said, oh, do you reckon you could do one for my race just to give out to competitors? And I said, oh, yeah, I suppose I can do that. And so I did that for, for them and they gave it out. And then I thought, oh, people actually like this. You know, maybe I can see if I can do this as an actual business, make some money out of it. So we're doing the Raid 100 race in April. And I know the race director quite well, so I contacted him and said, can I sell maps for your race afterwards? Mm. And he was completely fine with that. He was all good. And then I went, well, if I'm doing that, I might as well contact God's own and see what they think of that as well. And they were fine as well. So I'm currently working on the God's own map, drawing that for the one that's just gone. Um, to then sell to competitors afterwards. So I'll do like the base map, but then each team I'll use their GPS tracking to draw sort of exactly where they went over the course. Um, So it's a bit more personalised and put their team name on it and time and logo and position and anything else to to show them. Mm. Yeah, and we'll yeah we'll put a link at it. I'm actually looking at it right now, and they're really cool. Mm. Um, I can, I kind of say they're sort of like that uh, the Lord of the Rings map, yeah. kind of looking thing. Yeah, which which makes sense, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, so are do you ever be interested in like expanding to other races? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like I've recently done. Um, some sort of promotional material for a race that's going to be launched in Tasmania, like just a stage mountain bike race. Um, so that was someone contact me out of the blue for that. And um, so once I sort of finished the God Zone and the um, the Raid 100 maps, yeah, yeah, I'll start contacting people. If people contact me to do either either I do like a promotional map to show off the race but if yeah. it's an adventure race it sort of has to be done afterwards because you know you yeah you can't you can't do the route exactly right <laughs> well but yeah but you could kind of do an area map mm. i mean i could see that if yeah. somebody's got a you know yeah because because anymore you know mm. they're not keeping the areas secret so no that's it uh, yeah. um yeah. and that's what like the one of the races I did, I did it beforehand, and they just told me, you know, it's in this area. And I got most of it right. And then I was actually yeah. doing the race, so she um, gave me a bit of a – she wouldn't give me too much information, so I sort of had to guess. And, I, yeah, yeah this, I covered everything, which is good. Yeah, that's really mm. cool. Mm. And I'm guessing you're, bought, you're um, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know, this would be a good way for uh, – Races to have me come to their races, and then I do the maps a lot. Better, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, I did say that to my wife. I'm like, if I could just, you know, cover the entry fee with race drawing maps, I'd never have to pay for another race. And I think she just rolled That's... her eyes at that. So. Well, um, <laughs> that business model sort of works mm. for me, anyway. Yeah, you yeah. know, the the rule in our house is if you can go, if it doesn't cost you anything, yeah. so. Um, yeah. Now these are really cool. That's what I really, I mm. really. Uh, I mean, I think people, they're yeah. perfect because they're not. You know, you put up the race map. You know, you get your race map that you use and you put up, and that's kind of cool. But mm. I mean, these are like artwork. So yeah, yeah, that's um, it. Like it just made a bit more dramatic. Like if yeah. you looked at a normal, like if you know you look at a topographical map and you know what it means, but. Someone yeah. else looks at it. Um, that's just a whole bunch of squiggly lines. I don't know what's going on there, yeah. but you know these ones just you know the way that they're drawn, um, particularly how the mountains are drawn and stuff like that. It shows, yeah. I think, a bit more that anyone can see and go, oh wow, look at that. Yeah, those are mountains, and there's oh that that's where oh yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I I think the ultimate is, is some race should um, just have you draw maps for the race yeah. like this. 
to mm. hand out for the racers yeah, to use. Yeah. Well, I did suggest that yeah. to Godzone. Like, after I did my last one, I just sent it my copy. And I said, well, you know, if you just want to give this to, I don't know, Chris or someone yeah. and say, this is what you get as a yeah. handicap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're too good. You get this map. Yeah, exactly. It's pre- that's copied on a napkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're very cool. So, mm. um, um, so what did what's um, your schedule this year? Are you just doing Australian races? Are you doing a travel? Any? Uh, no, or probably. D- depend on how many maps you sell. Yeah, depends on how many maps you sell. Absolutely. Uh, this year it's probably just Australian races. Um, just got potentially busy couple of years coming up with um, people's weddings and um, mm. that sort of thing. So this yeah. year it's Raid 100, which is a very um, unique expedition race um, in April. And then I'll do a, a couple of other sort of 48 and 24-hour races later in the year yeah. as well. Um, so and, but do you think in a... You know, a year or two, you know, want to do some World Series races and that kind of, you know, travel a little more. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping, like, I really want to do God's Own again next year because that looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm in the North Island. I've never been to the North Island as well. Um, doing, in 2021, the Dragonback Race, which is a trail run with navigation in Wales. Yeah. Um, and then I'm hoping, yes, in between I'll do another expedition race as well. Yeah. Would be really good. So can it, this is a so you you want to run Wales in 2021? Yeah, it seems like a long ways away, but mm. do, do you you probably get that feeling that it's like yeah, it's a long ways away, and then all of a sudden it's mm. like wow, it's here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I. <laughs> decided I wanted to do it probably about 12 months ago so I'm already feeling like oh geez I need to be stepping up my mountain running experience and we don't really have mountain running in southeast Queensland as such yeah. so um <laughs> yeah. yeah so that yeah. to me is probably my next you know big goal and that interesting yeah. like the reason I chose that one is because I wanted to try and do something slightly different but that was all by myself so there's like no support no other team members and really mm-hmm. see if i can sort of test my mental sort of strength with that yeah do you think um do you want to do that to improve your adventure racing or just um you just improve that in life uh that mental yeah probably like i like the navigation part of it for that race but i think more of it is just self-improvement more than anything else it's been five days long days by yourself um without teammates or even like my wife won't even see me at you know transition areas or anything like that it's very much just by yourself to see how, how much pain i can put myself through before i break kind of thing yeah yeah find find that edge Mm. and it's probably it i would guess well i I know it is it's Mm. easier to find that edge by yourself yeah with without anybody to lean on a little bit Mm. yeah absolutely Uh, yeah well that's cool Mm. is there anything else out there that you kind of you know look at like yeah maybe you know four or five years down the road any anything real weird um like i think for me it's probably just the adventure racing in the world series there like some of the ones overseas look really interesting like um the one that's happening in India at the moment and um, Africa, those ones are quite interesting to me. Uh, the uh, the Norway um, islands one looks very mm-hmm. interesting. So 
I just want to go to sort of new and different places and race at the same time is probably what drives me more than anything else. Yeah. Do, um, let's see, I don't know exactly. So like, let's say like the India race and the Norway race are both are so different. Mm, mm. <laughs> how would, how would you, um, wh- okay. Which one, if you could only pick one, which one would you pick and why? Um, probably the Norway race mm-hmm. because of the, the climate, I think it would be so different to Australia. And yeah. like, like a, a goal for me is I want to do a race that involves snow in some shape or form, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit... Well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. just because here it's hot. Like, it's always hot. Winter, it's, you know, we get down to, I don't know, 20 degrees. Like, well, you know, it's not like it's still yeah. hot all the time sort of thing. Like, it never yeah. gets that cold. And even New Zealand doing their races is not really cold. So to do something like that, where yeah. it, it can get so so cold and yeah. remote like that, and it's just so different, such a contrast to what I'm used to. I think would I'd find it very exciting. Yeah. Well, you could come to my house. We've got about <laughs> three feet of snow behind oh, the house. Nice. It's all drifted. <laughs> just go for so, a run. But it is. Yeah, it is about uh, 55 degrees, so mm. it's starting to melt them. Right. Um, okay. So, um, back back to the two races, mm. we obviously know which one you want. But looking at the India race, does it um, matter to you that it's like that race is so hard just to get to the starting line? Uh, yeah, that does come into play yeah. a fair bit, especially as... Um, to fly international and from Australia it's a long way to most places Um, and yeah so it does that does take a bit of effort and um, well but then I'm looking at they had a 20 hour bus ride Mm. you know to get to to, from Delhi to get to the start and I I mean it looks very fantastic and a great place but it's like you know you could go to places where it's a Mm. two hour yeah. Van ride from the airport to the start line and be a really cool race yeah. too. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I agree. There is some races that I've seen, like even just in Australia, but um, the transport from the airport is such a long time yeah. um, that I just go, "Jeez, oh, it's going to take me, you know, a couple of days just to get started," and you know, I don't want to have to take yeah. a week off work to to race for two days. Yeah. So, are most of the Australian races on the east coast, or are they spread out? No, pretty much all on the east coast. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it makes it a little mm. better, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. And most. But of them I mean, are, I, I. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, most of them are uh, pretty good, pretty close to, and that's I think the advantage of like the Adventure One series as well. It's. Um, when I say lifting standards, I think it's helping with things like that, like trying to uniform like what the races want or need and, you know, having yeah. good locations and good information about how to get there and transport organized and stuff like that. Just makes yeah, it easier for everybody. A, yeah. I mean, I had a race, 24-hour race that um, they wanted me to shoot last year, but mm. it literally, I would have been gone a week. Oh, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. by the time you fly and drive and get there, and, mm. and it's like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so well, it's good. I mean, it's, it seems like yeah, you guys are, um, you know, Australian especially adventure racing is really on the upswing, which mm. is cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, bring the history into it. Um, mm. Okay, almost maybe the last question. Okay. Uh, did did you uh, apply for Eco Challenge? No, I didn't. Um, okay. Yeah, I not this year. I think. Um, like our team isn't, you know, one of the the better teams, so it's not going to get in from that side of things. And I was just, I couldn't yeah. think. I mean, 
I would struggle to afford it. I did go to my wife, do you want a holiday to Fiji? And she now knows to say, <laughs> why are you asking me this? Rather than, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I just didn't, didn't, couldn't think of what sort of niche thing our team could bring. What yeah. would make us different, exciting or, or new at that stage? Cause we had only sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years, once we have a few more races under our belt and a bit more, I don't know, something. Yeah, and I think if if the race continues, it'll be maybe not quite so much interest, mm. you know, the second year. Yeah. You know, you know, everybody wants to do the first one or the one mm. that's coming back. And mm. Then again, it could be the most fantastic race ever and they have twice as many people. Yeah, yeah, times. that's it. It's hard to know. Yeah. So, um so do you combine holidays with racing with your wife? Um, yes, for the last few, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, never, like, she was support crew for God's own, so I don't know how I managed to convince her that was a holiday because it really was not. <laughs> <laughs> and she yeah. said never again. So, um, But... Yeah, I think from now on it will be a bit more like I'll go race and she can go travel around and see me at the end. Yeah, I think that works. It's with mm-hmm. Paulette and I, she's always racing her own races mm-hmm. anyway, but mm-hmm. we did manage, you know, I'm going to shoot a race in Iceland and then when I'm done, she's coming and we're going to actually have a holiday for mm-hmm. 10 days. Yeah, yeah. Which will be really nice. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when I... Yeah. Finally get her away from her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so cool. Um, so it's Saturday there. What's uh, what's training like for today? And then I'll let you go train. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, today, actually not too much. We're going to head down, my wife and I, to the Gold Coast and just spend a day together. Because, yeah, tomorrow morning, my whole then, team's meeting there to do some surf kayaking yeah. lessons, which will be fun. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then a full day of paddling after yeah. that. So, yeah. So, see, you're combining a vacation yeah, and training. Exactly. That's it. It's, it's the way you're to do it. You're a smart man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then I will let you um, do whatever you need to do to get ready. Yeah, I got a dog you. that wants to go for a hike. Like, no, she never doesn't ever not yeah, want to. Yeah, so. yeah, true. Fair enough. So, Cool. Um, well, great. I'm glad uh, I was almost on time, and you were on time. <laughs> Thank you. So, cool. It was a very nice chat. Thanks. 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 All right. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Some race. Some yeah. day. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye.
です。